listening to Stairway Spirits, a production of Ghostly Talk. Stairway Spirits is a free podcast and research project examining supernatural activity on or around staircases. The stories are wide and vast, so join us, won't you? On April 20th, 2008, I had the pleasure of pulling an all-nighter at the historic Rolling Hills Asylum. I was curious about possible stairway activity in the building, so I inquired with the people in charge before we made the trip to East Bethany, New York. I was fortunate enough to meet Lori Carlson, the owner of the building at the time, who was more than happy to take me around and share what she and people have seen on the stairways of Rolling Hills Asylum. Thirteen years later, Lori was nice enough to revisit this with me again. You were the owner of the of the property for how many years, if I may ask? Um, well, it was from 2002 to 2009, so a little over seven years. Okay, and and basically that's how we met. I mean, I should I a little history from my. I guess we'll we're going to talk about a little bit of history of Rolling Hills itself, but a little history with us is we met one time, and that was at Rolling right. Hills, and um, that's when I talked to you. I talked to you and Marlene. And oh, I you know of course I I talked uh, Sella, is it Sella? Oh my god! Right. Is it, did, yeah. Did, oh my god! I can't believe I pulled that off. I'll I never be seeing re- them in a couple of weeks. I we never remember anything. I rem- that's cool. I remember nothing these days, and I actually remember that. I'm really proud <laughs> of myself. Um, but we all met that night, and I I asked you guys about the stairway activity in in the building yes. itself, and you guys were yep. really great to me. And we talked for hours, if I remember correctly. We, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff, but we talked mostly about the stairway activity at Rolling Hills. And you guys were really great to be back then, so thank you for that. And um, that's why I, when I decided to start finally getting this thing together in the in the in the in the in the shape that it is now, what we've decided to do with it, um, I re- I wanted to reach out to you especially and see if you wanted to chat with me. Which you you're here, so again, thank you for that. I really yes. appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's talk a little bit about the building itself here. Um, you you were the mo- okay. uh, the owner. You owned the building for about seven years. Um, and I'm sure you picked up a lot of stuff there as far as the actual history history of the building itself. Could we talk about that for a oh, second? Oh yeah. Um, well, I did start investigating it once, um, the, investigating the history yeah. once uh, I started experiencing things, which was actually the first week I, I owned it. Um, and, and I delved into it. And basically, um, it was an old stagecoach tavern and, and inn just really? south of Route 20. Okay. Um, and it was built in the late 1790s. Uh, unsure of the exact date. Nobody can find that. Okay. Um, but in 1824, the state of New York um, passed a law, and it said that the counties itself are now responsible for their um, their poor uh, indigent, I don't know how to sp- say that word very well, but um, and no longer the individual towns. So each county had to, by a certain date, uh, set up some type of a s- facility Usually in that day was called the poorhouse, okay. and uh, Genesee Valley uh, purchased the inn and set that place up, and it was surrounded by farmland, and it was basically self-sufficient. They farmed, they they took care of most of their food right there on the property, everything, okay. um, and they had set that up, and people had lived there, um, not just if they were poor, but if a wife had been traveling, um, um. 
with her husband and something happened to him, her and the children would end up having to go there. Um, even if they owned land, she no longer owned it if something happened to her husband, if he got sick and passed. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of mothers with children, and they basically indentured the children off to local farms to work for for their keep. Whoa. Um, it was also an orphanage. Um, it was a place where they would send the drunks or people who had disabilities. In those days, they actually called them idiots. It's in the census. Oh, um, really? Which they don't use those words now, but no. it was, you know, everything. And then by the 1950s, it was starting to really change and um, basically was it was just a nursing home for the elderly um, by the ni- by 1974, they opened a new facility in Batavia and bussed all the residents there, and then it sat empty for years. Okay. Um, a gentleman, Mr. Speakman, Cecil Speakman, purchased it um, about eight years later, tried to make apartments out of it, uh, passed away, and uh, the Bodeckers bought it, opened it up as Carriage Village, a craft and antique mall, and I bought it from them okay. in 2002. Okay. And that's basically it. All right, cool. Now, um, as I said before, when we we met up there, and, and the, we said this a few minutes ago before we started recording this, yeah, it's been 13 years since we crossed paths, which I, I can't yes. believe that either. It's been, it's been a while. Um, and... I reviewed, and for the people that listen to this broadcast, um, what I was doing back then when I originally started you know, working on this project, um, I'd bring my recorder with me and I would just I would just record interviews, right? And that's what we did. Right. We recorded about an hour or so of all of us just chit chatting about about the stairway activity that happened at Rolling Hills. Um, and I wrote, you know, I went through those old tapes because I kept all that source material. And I um, went through that stuff, like I said. And one of the things that you and I talked about was, and, and you know, again, I just kind of just jotted down some notes as I listened to these these old recordings. Uh, but one of the things that you that we discussed was um, someone that it was leaning more towards a man uh, has been seen on top of the stairs. And the idea, I guess, the idea was that this, and again, this is probably from experiences. That's why I want to hear more from you on this. It's, he's been seen on top of one of the staircases at Rolling Hills, and he guards the upper floors of Rolling Hills, right? The upper floors are where uh, the vast the majority... Third floor. Third floor, okay. It was the third floor, yeah. And okay. I've actually had to stop that last set of stairs um, that brings you up to there, that last uh, turn, when you turn and go up that last set. Yeah, yeah. I've actually stopped right in the middle of the, that stair um, with a a group of maybe 15 people behind me leading a tour mm-hmm. and could not go past that at all. Uh, apologized to everybody, told them to wait there and ran down and got another tour guide mm-hmm. um, because that particular person really, really could not stand me. Um, they actually could not stand women in general, but especially me because I was a woman <sighs> in a position of power being the owner of the place. So he saw me differently than even other women and really I mean sometimes I just could not go past there the feelings that I got taking one step up was was just devastating and that was going to the third that was going to the third floor you said right and yes it was in the west wing section the main building the y-shaped building section there was a third floor 
um, very small compared to the rest of the building. It wasn't the, uh, you know, the full length of it. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he would not, uh, um, I don't know if he wasn't there some days because obviously I've made it up to the third floor plenty of times or some days he just was in a rage and did not let me go up there. But, um, there were days and well, you, I didn't, I stopped. You, now you unpacked a lot there though. In, you know, from what I'm, what I'm hearing as far as, um, well, and that's why I wanted to ask you about this because you think he's a man, right? And I'm, I mean, the, the, oh, I know the, he is. Well, what yeah. give you what gives you that impression, if I may ask? And I mean, I'm not, I'm not debating. Well, obviously, I'm just, I just want to know. This is interesting. <laughs> I exactly know. Actually, we had EVPs, and it was a man's voice. Okay. Um, one time out of all of those times, I actually saw the figure, and it was definitely a male figure. Okay. Um, we've also had many psychics through there that said it was a man. Um, I've had one particular psychic that said it was a man who used to run the place. And that's why he didn't like me because now I was running the place. Um, so I really don't know, but it's Mm -hmm. also just a gut feeling. You can kind of feel that male energy. It was just very, um, I don't know, being a woman, sometimes you can just feel that male energy around you that is kind of menacing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and so you think he's a man, I mean, and obviously that's just that intuition you have about the attitude this man has towards you. Um, do, is there any idea who this man may have been? I mean, who he may have been at one time? Um, is there, was there anything? Um, and that's a lot, that's probably digging pretty deep, but I'm just curious, you know, it is. And we've used divining rods answering a lot of questions and yeah. we did get positive answers that he was, the gentleman that had run the place, um, Mr. Fleming, George Fleming, uh, I couldn't be sure. You can't rely on the divining rods 100%, although I got some really accurate readings with the divining rods yeah. um, quite a few times through there. But uh, it's nothing definitive um, as far as knowing for sure it was that person. Um yeah. But some things led us to believe that. And you say, and again, you guys have seen this. He's been spotted at the, at the top of the staircase. That would be the one again going to the third floor, correct? I don't, yes. I only spotted him once, but other people had spotted what looked like a male shadow figure at the top of the stairs many times, but yeah. I only saw it once. I felt him a lot, but I yeah. only saw it once. Yeah. Now, I want to pepper this through this whole discussion, if that's cool. And we'll take that situation, for example, just just we'll take this one situation here with the man. Um, and as far as the staircases are concerned, um, how, how would I ask this? <laughs> um, I mean, do you think the staircase may have had something to do with that as far as and we're, we're not trying to load this or anything like that. But I'm just curious if you think the staircase may have had something to do with that activity if the staircase was a part of that um or maybe it just was you just happened to see him at the top of the staircase no i think in this particular case i think he used the stairs to not let you get up to that level it almost seemed like once you were up to that level you were going to immediately go through those doors and enter the hall up there and then you were in his domain i think that he used that staircase um, to kind of stop you from even getting all the way up there. And 
Um, first of all, uh, just a little side note, too. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of heights, definitely afraid. I very slowly walk up the bleachers at a high school. Um, okay. So I, stairways, I hang on to the railing all the time. I watch my step, and I feel very um, at my lowest when I'm on a stairwell, in, in, on a staircase. Um, so I'm thinking that he also, as far as it comes to me, or maybe others like me, use that as um, – at my weakest, I'll stop her while she's on the stairs. That's how I felt. Wow. Um, but no matter what, I think he was just stopping people from getting, you know, those last five steps to get up to his domain. And we also did find out that um, George Fleming had actually passed away up there. He had run the place for many years, but in the end, he got very sick. I believe it was a stroke, and he was taken care of in one of the rooms up there. Yeah. Um, the last, I think, year of his life, I'm not positive about the length of time, um, but did pass away up there. So that is another thing that leads us to believe it might have been him. That was his area at the end. This is heavy because... What you just yeah. said now, and I'm obviously because I've taken on this project now, I'm having a lot of conversations with a lot of people about stairways and ascending passageways and descending passageways, right? I've found that right. by doing this, you know, we're learning a lot of, of things, not just about stairways themselves or just a, a traditional staircase, but, you know, just any type of ascending or descending passageway, right? Don't have to have stairs necessarily. And we're going to talk more about that in a second too, I think, also. Yes, because we, yeah, we have ramps. Ramps, so. yeah. But what you just said, really, it, I'm hearing a trend here um, with people, which is really cool because you're right. I am afraid of heights also myself. Um, it's something that I've, I've had an issue with it my entire life. And I'm the same way on bleachers. Bleachers have always creeped me out to a certain degree. Like you even go into a, like a stadium, you know, you go there for a football game. I was or just thinking, like, our yeah. war memorial, yeah, same yeah. thing. There you go. That we have it, down, you know, yeah, those gigantic, yeah, I mean, going up and down those things, they're just, I, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess on a more funny note, I mean, you, I, I would hate to be that guy that trips and falls on stair, you know, on some stairs and bleachers in front of like. 20,000 people that would really suck <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be that person right but at the same time i don't think it really matters what the stairway is where it's at you know what environment it's in staircases are places of stress and i thought it was more stressful for people going upstairs right but I'm finding more and more and i had this conversation with a friend last weekend that descending on a stairway is more stressful mentally for people because you're basically doing a controlled fall if you think about it too i mean it's right. it's kind of extreme but you're kind of doing a, a controlled fall where um you're going down you're 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 descending but you're doing it obviously in a manner where you, you know you just don't fall through a hole and end up <laughs> on the lower level of your house exactly. or something like that I mean, that would hurt you you're that's what stairs are for but they're stressful because you're basically doing a controlled fall going down somewhere and that's and, and yeah really really digging into the guts of what you're doing when you're climbing or going downstairs um it's a place that does scare people because you it's dangerous it stairs are dangerous we've all fallen downstairs right. well sure. you're go ahead you're vulnerable you're, you're very vulnerable. vulnerable and i think that yeah. they 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 glom onto that that 
this is a vulnerable place for this person and they take advantage of it. That's how I always felt going up there. And that's what really, yeah, that's what made my eyebrows raise when you said that <laughs> was, whoa, okay, you're right. Because uh, I have thought more like, well, okay, and of course, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Um, it's it's a place of stress. You may leave impressions there and that's where you may but already be um, entities or whatever they may be there that use that and they that that's what they, they use that use that vulnerability you're talking about um, to do whatever they do. Yeah. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying they're evil I or would, bad, you know. But go ahead. Right. No, I would think. Um, I mean, the other the other option would be that something bad happened to them on the stairs. But in this particular case. Um, I didn't ever feel that whatsoever. I think there's 1% something bad happened to them on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 99% that they feel that they're more in power on the stairs to whoever's coming up or going down is in a vulnerable state, and it's their way of asserting power. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I never felt that something actually happened bad on the staircase. Okay, all right. Yeah, but that's that's exactly that's so interesting because you're usually paying attention to the stairs. You're paying attention to not falling or tripping on something. I mean, seriously, we've all been through this. You miss a step or you tri- or you trip yourself up a little bit on stairs, your heart stops yeah. for a second. Your my heart will literally stop for a second because it's like, "Oh my god, if I go down now, I'm 45 years old. I'm going to hurt myself here. I don't need that, right?" Um <laughs> But you're, well, so you're try pay- also talking and giving a tour and telling about the history as you're walking up the stairs oh when you're yeah. like me, afraid of, you know, and, and it all kind of just culminates. And then all of a sudden it hits you and you're stopped dead in your tracks and you can't yeah. go any further. You just wow. can't. And that's what I faced many yeah. times. That, that, yeah. And that really, and it makes perfect sense when it comes to that, with that idea. Let's talk about the girl in, uh, I, I wrote down here also, little girl in a blue dress on top oh, of the yeah. staircase. And I'm, I, I didn't write down which stair, which area of the building this was. If you could let me know, that'd be great. Um, this, uh, is, yeah. Go ahead. this is also the West Wing. Okay. Um, the old staircases. The, the West Wing is the older um, portion of the building. Um, I had an office in that area um, cafe was and then there was that step down room when you walked through that room and come out the other door it was in that corner before you headed into the east wing step down room when you walked through that room and come out the other door it was in that corner before you headed into the east wing um and the east wing you opened the doors up to head in and if you went straight you hit the ramps yes but to the right of that, before the ramp, to the right of it, you can go up the stairs. That is actually the same staircase that goes up to the third floor. But from the first floor, right there, um, at, at that level, is where I had seen her. Now, that room right next to it um, is where I had my office. And um, I had heard my name called and went out to find out what was going on because yeah. um, it was so clear um, but I couldn't, t- it was female, but it didn't sound like a little girl. It sounded like a, a woman mm-hmm. calling my name. Um, and I was alone in the building. Uh, we had an alarm system so I can lock myself in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had gone, and this is early, early on. Um, and I had gone out of my office and around and looked down the east wing and didn't see anybody. And then I turned to the right and on the staircase, 
was a little girl. She was facing me, and she was on maybe the second or third step up, but facing me. Okay. Not like she was going up the stairs, but just on the stairs looking at me. Okay. Um, I can describe her to the T. I can see her in my mind, and it's, it, this was back in 2002 uh-huh. that this happened. Step toward her, and each time I took a step, she would go up a step. She would just backwards go up a step, and each time I took a step... She would go up a step. She would just backwards go up a step and be a little further away. If I come forward a little bit, she'd go up a step again. Uh, When I got to the base of the stairs, but still on the floor, um, instead of taking another step up, she just disappeared. But I saw her so clearly that in subsequent times throughout the next couple of years, I saw that same girl in the same dress, the same hair, the same everything, skipping down the hallway. I heard her singing. I saw her with a little boy with a red striped shirt um, on one occasion. Um, I had seen her quite often, actually, but she did have a blue dress with scallops. She had the long, very dark curly, curly hair, and the front part, which would normally be your bangs, although they were longer, was pulled back, and the ponytail was on the back of her head, but the rest of her hair hung long, and it was really long and curly. Um, I I could just see her. She had big, beautiful eyes. Um, That was the biggest part you can see was she had big, beautiful eyes, and I couldn't believe I was actually seeing her. Um, I was just in shock. I wasn't used to it then. Yeah. You know, this was early on in, of owning the place and being there. Um, it's one of the things that kick-started me into paranormal investigation, actually, because that really, to me, was was one of the first catalysts to, to okay, this is real. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I'm sure that's a shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't believe. Well, I think, and I think that's what got, you know, I think that's what gets a lot of people into studying this stuff, whatever, in whatever shape or form you're doing it is that one experience that you have where it's, uh, it, it changes you. It changes your life. Um, I think I know most people I know, they have that same thing where there's just something that happened to them when they were younger or maybe even when they're older. And that's what lights that spark in them. And that's you know well, they spend their the rest of their life maybe doing that it's it's cool go ahead i i i lived in a house in rochester when i was young um we we moved i was five years old to 12 years old i lived there and one time going up to the attic which we had a playroom up there i thought i saw a man yeah but it disappeared but you know through the years you think oh childhood delusions and fears mm. you know and then i also had a friend who lived in a very old a big, huge stone house up on Ridge and um, watched her wood stove, um, the handle turn and the door open. But then you think, you know, could, could that have, you know, could that have really happened? Did I really see what I thought I saw? So I've had a couple of experiences, even in the house I lived in Albion, my son and I were talking in the living room. We thought we heard people in the kitchen speaking Italian and we walked in the kitchen, nobody's there. My other younger kids were all in bed, you know. Yeah. Um, those are three experiences that I can remember that I had previous to, to coming to Rolling Hills. Yeah. Um, but none of it was to the point where it made me a believer 
or it made me want to become a paranormal investigator um, or delve into it like I did. Um, When I got to Rolling Hills, there was a couple of incidents that really shook me to the core and got me to the point where, and and the girl on the stairs was was definitely uh, probably the the most prominent, um, but got me to a point where there was no turning back. This was something I had to go full force in my life. And that was a life-changing event right there Um, because she was so clear and there was no denying. I wasn't going crazy. I didn't think I saw something. I was watching her for a while. That um, so, no, and those are the things. Like I said, those are the things that change your life. You see stuff like that, and and, and the very few things that I've experienced in my life, I still question them to this day. Like, did I really hear that? Did I really feel that? Did I really see that? Uh, and I and I'll right. always qu- there's nothing wrong with questioning your own sanity. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's 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 healthy to do that. That's what keeps you on a level. I think, um, but. The, the few things that I, I know I've had with myself that have happened to me, I've experienced, I should say, uh, I've gotten to a point with a couple of them where I'm like, I'm going to accept these things now. I'm just going to accept that they happened. And I can't deny what I saw. And, and it's not because I want to prove anything to anybody. It's it's about me. It's about what I want to learn, right? Exactly. And, and it don't. It, that's all that really matters to me is just that at this point. I've been doing this long enough that it's I'm, I'm over the – all the all the big stuff about it. It's just about what I you know what I'm going to learn and experience from this thing. And there's a handful of those things, like I said, that I flat out have been like, okay, it happened. Quit questioning it. You ha- you you've analyzed this enough. You've looked at this enough. It happened. Now move on. Right. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's fine. So yeah. And, that, and the thing is, on. go ahead. When all this was happening, um, I had. I had a business. I actually opened the place up for ghost hunts. Yeah. And a lot of people questioned me because obviously if I say, oh, this happened and that happened, more people will come and it's more money, that type of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that really bothered me. Um, I had to charge in order to keep it going so that I can still own the place. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. Expenses to yeah. a building that size. Um, but it really bothered me because I sometimes felt that <laughs> – People thought that. Well, I've been gone from there since 2009. It's 2021 now. Mm -hmm. My feelings about that place and about what's out there in any place that I may come across have not changed. My stories have not changed. I don't profit. I'm an accountant now. I don't profit in any way, shape, or form from telling my stories now. No, and I mean, they're still as relevant today as they were then, and they're as true today as they were then. I think the, I think the proof's in the pudding with that, Lori. I mean, and I know on Ghostly Talk, the the, the main show we do here, we talk about about uh, you know ghost tours and stuff like that. It comes up, right? And and I even have talked about what I would refer to as a manufactured haunt, right? Um, yeah. We've talked about that very subject, which you're talking about right there, and you know, and, and I understand where people may may have opinions and comments about things like that. And I have my opinions too. However, I will say this concerning us, Lori, is um, the fact that you're sitting here talking to me about this and that you didn't have any hesitation wanting to come and chat with me about stuff that happened that uh, we met one time 13 years ago. (laughs) That's we met one time 13 years ago. And out of nowhere, here I come on, on, I think on Facebook or something like that. I looked you up on Facebook and said, hey, you may not remember me. But th- we did this thing 13 years ago, 
and I'm trying to do this thing. And would you? I mean, I know this is a long shot, but you would you want to take some time and chat with me about this? And there wasn't. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Sounds great. So my point is just that. I mean, to your point, Lori, is the proof's in the pudding as far as I'm concerned, uh, when it comes to yeah. that building itself. Um, yeah, you're not, you're gaining nothing by coming here and talking to me. It, it's your time no. that you're taking here. And I, and I do appreciate that. I, I have said that a bunch of times and I'll keep saying that I do appreciate you taking the time. So, I mean, I mean, I, you could have easily said, no, I, that's, that's my past. I don't want to talk about that. I don't need to, I don't need to deal with that anymore. I, I'm, I've moved on. Why don't you move on? <laughs> you know, something well, like that. You no. know what? I have moved on with my life. I yeah, no longer yeah. own Rolling Hills. Um, I, I, I'm, haven't been back there since. Um, well, take that back. One time we went, a couple of friends of mine, actually Marlene and Sella were part of that group, had gone back and we were in the street in front of the building and yeah. seen it. But that's been the extent of it. Um, and I have moved on with my life, but the experiences, I think for all of us that lived and breathed that building for so many years, yeah. um, giving tours and everything else and investigating it, we'll, we'll never forget. It's always going to be a part of who we are. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't hesitate because um, whatever I have to say, whoever's going to be listening or reading or anything about what we have to say, this, it, it will help. Yeah. It's important. It happened. And, yeah. and it's, you know, trying to figure things out and to investigate it, if it will help, that's fine. Because I 100% still believe in all of this. How can I not? I lived it yeah. for so many years yeah. where I don't have a doubt in my mind. Yes, it was for me, um, knowing in my head, this is real. You know what I mean? Oh, totally, totally, totally. So... Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about the ramps for a second, too. We mentioned okay. that a minute ago. And I was looking at some of the old pictures I shot. And yeah, there was some very, you know, and it, a lot of it's still, a lot of it I remember, but of course, age, <laughs> you forget some things. Yeah. And I was looking at some of the pictures. And yeah, there are these stairways that have these ramps by them, also, we were talking about these, these ascending and descending passageways, but they're ramps, basically. Um, can we talk about those for a second? Was there any type of activity right. you guys may have experienced around there or saw? Yeah, they um, they had just the stairways in the original the, the, the West Wing that I was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. When they built on the East Wing, instead of putting, um, just making it flat, um, they actually put ramps going up and down to get to the different floors um, in the East Wing, which was just a big, long wing, but where it attached to the West Wing, they put ramps uh -huh. um, going up and down for, you know, stretchers and wheeling, wheelchairs, things like that, because at that point, um, it was for nursing home uh, patients. Yeah. Um, those ramps had a lot of activity on them. We would see shadow people floating up and down, going in both directions on them. Okay. Now, just so you know, the stairway that um, goes up to the uh, third floor, which is the same stairway I saw the little girl, but two floors beneath. Um, those stairs go up, heading toward the east, then turn around, head west, turn around, head east, going that way. The ramps were parallel to them going from the west wing to the east wing, and it was a, a west to east ramp going up or down both okay. ways. All right. Before the east wing was built, 
Um, there was another building there they tore down and built the East Wing. The building that was there was a minute size compared to the East Wing. Um, but in that particular building, they had staircases going up and down, but those staircases went north and south. Okay. And in that area, in the ramp area, not only would we see shadow figures going up and down the ramps in the way that, you know, east and west, but we actually saw figures going at an angle as if they were walking up the stairs going in the north and south direction, particularly a nurse. And really? with the old-fashioned nurse's hat, I only saw this nurse on one occasion, and it was not real clear. Okay. But I had some investigators that were in the building quite often, and two particular um, customers... Um, that had come back for multiple, almost 20 different times come back for a ghost hunt that was not part of our group um, that had also seen this particular nurse many times. And there was somebody else who saw someone, but they thought it was a man, it wasn't the nurse. Um, So those stairs were being used, even though they were no longer there. That building, that staircase had been long torn down and they were walking the walk of something that used to be there and no longer was there. I've heard about this this <laughs> stuff, this idea too that you're talking about. We, I've talked to other people about there where, where they say they they have you know they, they either own buildings or they know the structure of buildings, and they said they've seen things like you're talking about ascending and descending areas where there may have been a stair where there was a staircase I should say at one time, right? Right. Uh, yes. And there definitely was. Um, I had investigated it um, and, and found out from actually there were still people alive. And one of them I became friends with um, that was uh, a nurse's aide back in the 1960s. And this was well before it had um, um I'm not positive of the dates or anything yeah. on this now, but um, her mother had worked there before that got turned down, uh, torn down. And so she knew that there was a staircase going that way. And so then I went to the county historian and different things and got pictures and, yeah. and everything else. And that building definitely had a staircase that went north and south. Wow. And the nurse was seen going up and just, you know, in the air. And it looked like she was taking steps and the angle would have been the staircase. And there was nothing there anymore. You have been listening to Stairway Spirits, a production of Ghostly Talk. Stairway Spirits can be found at stairwayspirits.com. Our mothership, Ghostly Talk, can be found at ghostlytalk.com. We want to hear about your stairway spirits. Feel free to reach out to us at stairwayspirits at ghostlytalk.com. Thank you for listening.